0: Thank you, Jack, and good morning, Church. How are you all? Great, good, amazing. Apologies to those of you that uh, thought service still started at ten. Uh, it does not. It starts at nine thirty. Uh, new summer time, and uh, it's going to be a little bit cooler when we finish in the uh, in the mornings here at Morefield. And uh, for those of you that serve, reminder half an hour earlier as well, so uh, we can get everything ready for what God wants to do in us and through us. Amen? Yes. Well, welcome, Jack. Welcome to team. And uh, yes, it's exciting to have you on board, my friends. If you missed it last week, Jack uh, has uh, stepped into uh, full-time ministry here at Emerge and uh, he is uh, at the beginning of a very wild roller coaster of uh, God using him, and uh, we're going to pray that God's going to use you greatly and mightily, Jack, uh, in this region and beyond, uh, as He already is. I, uh, I remember uh, Pastor Mark coming to me one Sunday evening, he said, "Joe, who's that really like bubbly lady out at Morayfield? You know, you know, and she always wears like really bright colours. And, uh, well, yeah, we all know that's Crystal. And uh, I was like, oh, Crystal. And inside I'm like, oh, what, oh no, what would she do? <laughs> what would she say? And, uh, and he's like, "He's like, no, 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 it's good. It's good. But she hit me up. She said, why haven't you put Jack on staff yet? What are you doing? Come on, hurry up. You need to put Jack on staff. Clearly he's meant to be on staff. And Pastor Mark was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it was quite funny. And that was, that was, I don't know, last year. I think it was last year when you told... Pastor Mark, that. Anyways, God had to do his thing, Crystal. So uh, very prophetic of you uh, last year. But uh, Jack's on team. Jack's role uh, for us, church, is going to be overseeing our young generation. So kids, youth, young adults, and uh, also as an assistant to me, uh, which I'm super excited about. And, uh, and I love that our location is growing in this way. We've got myself, we've got Pastor Nikki, and we've got Jack. That's our staff at the moment. And uh, obviously, we also have Jade, who's my PA, and we have a whole team of incredible legends who volunteer. And uh, you know what? If you're a volunteer, you're going to say, yeah, I work at the church. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm volunteer staff. And uh, yeah, my, my dad actually uh, picks up the bill and just give him a little, little wink or something. And uh, we'll see if they, they catch on to what's going on around here. But God is doing lots of awesome stuff here. And I love hearing some of the testimonies from some of the people over the last couple of weeks. And uh, I want to encourage you, share those testimonies with each other. Encourage one another. Because testimonies are awesome. Because there's so much other stuff going on in our world, isn't there? It is not so great. And uh, all you have to do is listen or watch any of the secular news. It's all bad. It's like... The the one time they do something good, the the reporter, the anchor, always says at the end, oh, well, that was nice to have a feel-good story for once. It's like, yes, that's true. How about you report on some more stuff that is good, that is going on? Because there is actually a lot of good going along. And I like that our church is a part of that. We are obviously seeing God do something here in Morayfield, and uh, it's exciting to be a part of it. You know, even next door right now, all our kids experiencing the presence of God, enjoying His house, enjoying church. So off the back of our summit, uh, I've got a mini-series for us for the month of October before we then step into our last two months of the year. And uh, I'm praying and asking God, God, where do you want to lead us through November and December as a church family? And I believe it's going to be something that's going to be profound and set us up for 2024, I feel that there is a, there's a real stirring in the spiritual realm. And uh, my, my, my current feeling when I pray and my current words that I'm getting from God is, is like a, a spiritual breakthrough for 2024. And it's not the word breakthrough that I've been getting, it's the word bursting. And I like that because bur- bursting is, when you think about bursting, things that burst, It's sudden, you don't know, you can anticipate, you're not quite sure, and you also don't know what it's going to look like. Like anything that bursts generally is not super clean, it's often quite messy, and uh, all you teenagers would know what I'm talking about. But it's not, it's not, uh, sorry it's a joke for the teenagers, anyways, they're like, it's not funny Pastor Joe, (laughs) I got a pimple on my neck the other week, it's awful. Unbelievable. I'm like, 35. I'm like, how do you still get pimples when you're 35? It shouldn't be happening. It's wrong. Anyways, moving on. I think God is going to surprise us. I think that's what what is uh, in store for us in 2024. And I don't think it's going to be midway through at the end of next year. I think it's going to be the start of 2024. uh, There's going to be a bursting, and uh, I'm looking forward to that because I'm going to pray that it's going to be big, it's going to be loud, it's going to be explosive, and uh, the Spirit of God is going to be experienced by many, many people, and we're going to see some uh, pedal to the metal in the spiritual realm, some uh, enemy ground being taken back for the kingdom, and uh, see see some miracles, see some salvations, see some stuff we've been holding on and praying for. But uh, before we get to there, we've got November and December, and this month, we've got October. And uh, I felt to build upon our Build Summit with a mini-series, two parts, and I'm entitling our series for the next two weeks, A Firm Foundation. Part one, part two. And it's on the premise that Jesus is the builder. Jesus is the builder, and you and I are the house. And we are being built by him. But... Even more than just a house, we're a team. We are a team. Team Jesus. Team Jesus. Those of you in the room that are sitting with your family, you're a team. And sometimes when I uh, celebrate people's weddings, I try and initiate that type of language for people. To encourage them to be a team. To to have the, the jersey. To have the flags. To have the sweatbands. To have it all. Have all the merch. And enjoy being on team, recognizing that when the team works well together, the team succeeds. Well, for Team Jesus, there is a way to live that is the best for us, but also the best for those around us. There is a way that the people on Team Jesus should live, should act, should be. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 to 40 is the premise of this whole series. It says this, Jesus said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Based is underlined for us this morning because it's the foundation, not only of this series but it's the foundation of our faith. This is what our whole faith is based on. The most important commandment. And a second, equally, these things are important on the rock, on the foundation of Christ's statement of what He is all about. If we are on Team Jesus, then we are all about Jesus. If we are on His team, then He's our captain. And what He does, we do. Where He goes... We go, what he says, we say, we're a part of a team. I want to take a little bit further this morning, though, and remind you all, it's not a game. It might be a race and it might be a fight, but it is not a game. It is real life. So, part one for us today is building us. It's more than a team. You and I are more than a team we are family, we are a family team. Let me pray as we come around the Word this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your Word and I thank you for all the life and the joy and the hope, but Lord, also for what it teaches us. And God, I pray this morning that we would capture what you have for us today. Lord, help us to implement it, help us to to take it out into the world around us. Lord, help us to not only implement it outside the house, but inside the house, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen we must, while we wait for His return, be busy building the house, building what He has asked us to do, busy building until He returns. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 10 to 11 says this, Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive when He returns, we can live with Him forever. So, Encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing. Uh, Back in high school, my uh, PE teacher would often remind me, Joe, there's no I in team. Now, I was an interesting high schooler, and I would respond, that is correct, sir, but there is a me. And uh, it didn't generally go over very well. But it's true, there is a me, there is a me in team, T-E-A-M, there's an M, there's an E, there's a me. And uh, so I was convinced that, you know, when you were meant to pass, you, you didn't have to. I mean, if you, could, if you could get across the line, you should get across the line. And uh, it's not always that good. Because there is actually an I in team. It's a whole bunch of individuals, me's. There's a lot of me's in team. There's a lot of I's. A lot of individual people make up a team. And so, for a team to be successful, the individual must be successful. For a team to work well, the team has to have a full team of people that are working well. Because you can rely on the team member to your left, to your right, in front of you, behind you, if the people around you on your team are doing well, then you're going to do better. It's easier to win when you're in a team of a whole lot of superstars, all-stars. Teams made up of individuals work well and work best when they take care of each other. So this morning, the whole first part of this series I want to focus on us. I don't want us to focus on us. It's important to take stock sometimes of who is around us, but also ourselves. Firstly, I want to build upon a personal focus, starting with the individual in the team. The very next verse is in 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 12 to 21. Dear brothers and sisters, honour those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work. And live peacefully with each other. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. Encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone. See that no one pays evil for evil, but always tries to do good to each other, and to all people. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. So first of all, in our team of Team Jesus, the family, the church, you and I, for us as individuals, I'm going to take 16 practical living tips out of this short passage, and I'm going to ask you to take them on and to apply them personally and to check yourself, to think about each one as I share it and go, is that me? Or is that something that the Holy Spirit would say to me today to work on a little bit of personal development, so to speak, this morning for you. Something that you can go, I, I need more of that, or I- I'm-, I'm doing okay on that one. Ooh, that one, not so much. So let's start. Number one, honour your leaders. Well, I would say this, listen and obey. I could say this, follow. And if you're not sure about something that you're, leaders might be asking you to do or where they are going, then I want to encourage you with the principle to privately question but publicly follow. Number two, respect your leaders. And I'd add to that, respect your elders. It's not a very common thing anymore, but it should be in Team Jesus to respect your leaders and to respect your elders. This is what I say to this, see their fruit and glean from it. And apply the principles. Respecting the people around you who are older than you doesn't mean that you do what they do. Because what they might be doing might not be that great. But that's okay, you can still show respect. You can follow where you can follow, you can learn where you can learn. Learn what to do and learn what not to do. Apply the principles of those that have gone before you. Number three, live peacefully. Don't care so much about insignificant things. If there's something that is uh, of a heightened nature in your world at the moment, just ask yourself, does it really matter? Does it really matter? And think about your weeks, Monday to Saturday and then Sunday. Have have a think, What, what gets to you? Then ask yourself, does it really matter? Don't care so much about insignificant things. And also, be peacemakers. Jesus encouraged us as Christians to be peacemakers. The world are peacekeepers. Tolerance. They try and keep the peace, which means they allow. But that's not the way of God. God asks us to be peacemakers. Now, sometimes that does actually mean that you need to get involved and do what's required to make peace. Maybe there's someone in your world that you need to make peace with, create peace, do something to initiate peace in your world. But other times, it's actually that you need to do nothing. Like Jesus exampled in the the leading up to the cross, allowing yourself to be wronged for the greater good. Again, does it really matter? Number four, don't be lazy. You know, what lazy does. It opens you up to gluttony, negative opinions, and bitterness. Why bitterness? Well, envy, discontentment, or longing aroused by someone else's possessions, or jealousy. Jealousy, wanting something that someone else has resentment of someone. Jealousy and envy, it leads to bitterness. But this stems from laziness. If someone else has something that you want, recognize maybe what they've gone through to get what they have. Or maybe you don't know the full story of how they got what they have. So don't envy and don't be jealous. Don't be lazy. Laziness, it's an awful thing. When you get up in the morning, turn around and make that bed. And tell yourself, don't be lazy, Joe. Don't be lazy. Number five, encourage those who aren't as strong as you. I encourage you to let your conviction raise others' faith. When you find people around you that aren't as strong as you, let let your conviction, let your faith stir their faith. Number six, be caring. Understand we're all on a journey. We're all at different stages of maturity. So what someone might be going through, well, they're handling it. And maybe you could jump in and help them handle it also. But recognize maybe when you were their age or their stage of Christianity and just understand the grace of God in your own life and be caring. Don't allow your faith to cause someone else to stumble, be caring, recognize what they're going through, be compassionate, and don't allow what you know that you can handle to be imposed on someone else, because they might not be able to handle it yet. Take care of those around you. Number seven, be patient. And I would say this, and be patient with yourself. Sometimes it is easy to be patient with others, sometimes, but sometimes we're not very patient with ourselves. Can I remind you, you are not a finished product. Jesus is still working. You are a work in progress. So be patient. Number eight, don't retaliate. You know you can stop something from becoming a cycle just by turning the other cheek. Turn the other cheek. It's a biblical principle. Don't seek justice. Allow yourself to be wrong for the greater good, like I said before. You think about this, as if God needs it all to be in order, in order for Him to be able to bless you. Don't retaliate, don't take God's place in your story. Don't seek justice, just because something bad might be happening to you, maybe your boss is picking on you or whatever, don't retaliate. Otherwise, you stoop down to a mindset that man can interfere with God's plans in your life. That makes God beholden to man. God is beholden to no man. God doesn't need things in our life to be in order, in order for His will and His way to take course. Don't retaliate. Number nine, do good to all people. All people. In these verses it said to each other and to all people. And uh, there's no other way to get around the word all. It's all. So... (laughs) don't do bad and one way i would encourage you to not do bad things is uh, arrest the bad thoughts because bad actions are either from a lack of discipline in our lives so we react instead of respond but if you're having a bad thought replace that thought with a simple what would jesus do number ten be joyful i love the bible sometimes just be joyful Okay. This this is what I would encourage you with. See things in perspective. Find joy in the things that really matter. So not everything is enjoyable. And uh, the Bible goes as far as saying to count the things that are awful, to count them all joy <laughs> because of what they're producing us. Just see things in perspective. Number 11, pray. Pray for yourself, pray for your family, pray for the the family. Here and everywhere. Remind yourself of what other people are going through in the world around you. It's that part of the team too. Number 12, another, another easy one, be thankful, be thankful. Oh, this is what I say to this, regardless of what's going on, again, see things in perspective. Thank God, have a thankful approach for what you have, one of the easiest ways to implement that into your life is to not focus on what you don't have. Sometimes we get caught up with what we don't have. We stop being thankful for what we do have. Number 13, don't restrict the Holy Spirit. Well, to unrestrict Him, is what I would say, spend time with Him. Allow Him time in your life, in your personal life, so that he can do in you what needs to be done for you to be a better version of you. Allow, allow him the time. Number 15, sorry, number 14, don't despise prophecies. Don't mock godly things. If it doesn't make sense to you, that's okay. If it's weird to you, that's okay. It's probably God, so don't mock it. Don't question someone else's God moment. Look at the fruit. See what comes out of it. Just be, be a jury member, so to speak. Leave it up to God. Let God be God. Don't worry so much about things like that. But don't mock things. And be open to God talking to you. I would encourage you to go a, f- further, a step further than that. Desire that He would use you in the things of God. Desire prophecy. Desire the spiritual gifts. Number 15, be faithful. Don't give up when things get tough. Because it does get tough. Don't give up when it doesn't go your way. Don't give up because it doesn't make sense. Can I encourage you all this morning? God is big. He's sovereign. He knows what He's doing. There's a bigger picture. And there's always a bigger plan. Sometimes setbacks are setups for what God has for you. Lastly number 16. It said hold on to what is good to be to be faithful and i would say this to be pure. Being pure is beauty. Purity is beauty. Purity is freedom. No regrets, no shame, no baggage. Purity Avoid the things that attack your purity. Run away from them. Or if you're carrying some stuff, uproot it. Or ask God to uproot it in your life. 16 practical tips from Scripture this morning for you to apply personally so that we have a team of individuals that God is working on and in. You know, the team of Jesus has a style. You know how generally uh, when you look at a family, they sort of all look the same or they act the same or there's something about them you're like, yes, they're a family. Or you're just like, oh, you guys are siblings, hey. Like you can, you can generally pick it because you spend so much time together. There's a, there's a family trait, so to speak. And I think that's the same for us. You and I, we have a family trait. And it's a good one. It's Christianity. It's the following of Jesus, His ways. It's a family trait. And they are traits. They are characteristics worth identifying by. Because they're good. And they're holy. And they're worth the world around us knowing them. Don't be a lone soldier. Join the team. And stay in the team. Join the family. Stay in the family. When you're a lone soldier, when you try and do it alone, it never goes well. Things come and attack and you don't have the support. You don't have the people around you. You have to be a part of a body to be in the body. You have to be a part of the family to be a follower of Jesus. Otherwise, you just step into believing in Him. But believing is not enough. Even the demons, the Bible says, believe in Him. And they tremble at His name. Belief is not enough. You've got to be a part of it. You've got to be connected to the body, a working part of the body, building us. So I want to take a whole group of individuals now. I want to put us on a team. We are a team. We are a family. This statement by Jesus in John 13, verse 34 to 35, is going to be the foundation I'm going to build my next three points on for the rest of this message. John 13, 34 to 35, Jesus said this, and so now I am going, I'm giving you a new com- commandment, love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. just as I have loved you. That's what Jesus asked us to do. And so when we read that statement, and I've underlined it this morning for us, just as I have loved you, Jesus is saying how I loved, that's how I want you to love. How I loved the world, that's how I want you to love the world. How I loved humanity, that's how I want you to love humanity. How I loved my friends, that's how I want you to love my friends. How I loved you, that's how I want you to To love you. If Jesus is our leader, he's our high priest, implementing our first practical tip for living the life of Jesus Christ, living on his team. Well, let's honor what he's asked us to do to love each other just as he loved us, to love ourselves and to love others. Have a think how Jesus saw people. Have a think about how He sees you. How He loves you. How He cares about you. How He wants the best for you. Have a think about what He did for you. What He does for you. What He's doing for you. Because He really, 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 really loves us. Sometimes I think for us, we, uh, we find it hard to step in that love to allow that love to flow we find it difficult to love ourselves but see yourself through the eyes of Jesus see yourself through the eyes of the cross see yourself through that moment on the cross that you are worth dying for so number 1 this morning be a team player be a team player Romans 12, 9 to 16 says this, Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. Take delight in honouring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Be a team player. To be a team, we have to be a team player. Because then we're going to be a real team, a successful team. We're going to be able to achieve things and do things. You ever watch those movies where, you know, they're down and at the last minute the team rallies together and they do some incredible move or some incredible pass or whatever and, you know, this feel-good movie in the end and he's like, yes, so glad I watched this movie in the end. We can't say the same for Brisbane. Unbelievable. Oh, my gosh. Yes, AFL, you know, so close. You You lost you know, second place is first place of the losers, it's true, AFL, we lost, NRL, we lost, it's like we came back and thought we had it, I couldn't believe we didn't score another try, it was crazy, I was like, it was just awful, I got up and started washing the dishes, It was so bad. It was like the Matildas earlier on this year. I'm so sorry to bring that up. But I'm just like, oh my gosh, what is going on? It's like, it's like we're so close. Team, be a team, help each other succeed. That's what you and I have to do to be a successful team. Be a team player. Be who these verses are asking you to be. Because as each of us, initiate these in our lives but also in the lives of each other we're able to see something incredible happen teams can always achieve more than one person alone you might be able to achieve a reasonable amount but together we can achieve a lot so the first thing i want to uh, encourage us this morning around being a team is know the team learn each other's names it's okay uh, if you've introduced yourself to someone before and it's been a few weeks, maybe months, maybe years (laughs) in church here. Now, you know, there's a reasonable amount of people in the room. I'm not expecting you all to know everyone's names. But just saying hello and smiling tells me that you don't know their name. Especially if you've been a part of the team for a while. Because the team's growing. Well, that's okay. Because you might not know their name and I can probably tell you with confidence that they don't know yours either. So this would be my suggestion in learning who's on the team. Tell them your name and then ask them theirs. It's okay if it's been months. I've just brought all of the awkwardness out in the room right now. So today is like, hit it while it's hot. At the end of service today, grab a coffee and, I mean, maybe sneak a look at their cup. <laughs> oh, Steve, how are you going, Steve? So good to see you, Steve. <laughs> I'm Joe. And don't pretend that you've known their name all along, all right? Because just because you saw the name on the cup, all right, tell them your name. Say, I'm Joe. What was your name again? And don't say, Sorry. Because we're all sorry right now together that we don't know each other's names. So today we can learn each other's names. Know who's on your team. Because you know what, that, that name will probably lead to a conversation. And you know, you know who's on your team? Awesome people. Who do awesome things. Who are incredible. And just maybe, just maybe they might be the answer to your issue. Or maybe, just maybe, they might know someone that you want to know. Ooh, that could be cool. I mean, something great could come from a conversation today. You never know. It doesn't have to be a special relationship. Maybe it's something to do with business or something going on in your home that they have the answer to. You never know. So don't pretend. Don't make it up. Be real. Be authentic. Be genuine. My second point around this is know the needs. Do you know the needs of the person sitting next to you? Do you know what they're going through, really? And if you don't, ask them, hey, how's your life going? How's your week going? What are you going through at the moment? Because again, maybe just maybe you might be the answer that they are looking for. Laugh and cry. Weep with those who weep. Cry, sorry, and laugh with those who laugh, be happy with those who are happy. When someone else is winning on the team, champion them, encourage them, get around them and celebrate them and go, hey, looks like everything's going awesome for you. And they might tell you, it's not, I'm just making it look that way. But they might say, thank you, yeah, God is really blessing me. Because who knows? Again, maybe, just maybe, they might be able to be an answer for you. Maybe because something good is going on in their life, some of that good can rub off on you. Ask them, hey, how how have you achieved this? How have you done that? What have you done to make that happen? Rather than party poop and pull people down, celebrate them. Enjoy their enjoyment. And go, God, thank you for blessing them. I hope you bless me too. (laughs) Defend each other pray. Recognize that not only this team, but human beings, they're not the enemy. The enemy is behind them. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Humans are not the the enemy. Humans are potential brothers and sisters, potential team members. That's who humans are. So whenever you feel like you want to fight someone, when you feel like you're getting stirred up, take it in prayer. Because there's something else going on behind that person. Yeah, the person might be awful. They might be a loser. Annoying you in the workplace or whatever. Who knows? But it's not them. It's the spirit behind them. So pray. Recognize the enemy loves to stir up. The devil loves to pit us against each other. He loves to stir up human against human, because God loves humans. So, don't let the enemy win. The enemy loves to divide. He loves to isolate. Being on a team protects you. Lastly, work together, harmony, in flow. Teams do really well when they know the game plan, when they work together and even if they don't know what the outcome's going to be or they don't know where they're going, as long as they're working together, they're going to make it. This is what I would encourage you in harmony. It's that don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. Don't allow a class system in your heart. Don't think you're better than other people. is what I would say, impose a quality on your personal time. Ask yourself, who have I invited over my home? Who have I invited out? Who have I given my ear to? My second point this morning is rally and champion. Rally and champion. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 to 25. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. So firstly, rally. Get around each other. Rally each other. Know who's not in the room and who should be in the room. And when they're not in the room, follow them up. Check in on them. Send a message. If you think about someone, don't just let it be a thought, because it's not the thought that counts. Follow through with that thought, follow through with the thought, you know, oh man, sometimes when one of my siblings, uh, you know, doesn't put a lot of effort into my birthday presents. Not Caleb, he's awesome, always. No worries, bro. Oh, it's the thought that counts. No, it's not. Think bigger thoughts think better thoughts if it's the thought that counts your thought sucks it's like think a more a more worthy thought if it's the thought that counts so don't just think about people act rally the team together life can really 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 suck sometimes it can be really really difficult I'm sure your life has had awful moments in it. Maybe, maybe not right now. That's good. But maybe someone else sitting around you, maybe their life is awful right now. So rally, rally around each other. Don't put yourself down. Honor and value your life. Remember, Jesus thought you were worth it. And he thinks those around you are worth it too. Rally around each other. champion. Champion each other, spur each other on, encourage one another. In these two verses it says, let us think of ways to motivate one another in acts of love and good works. And then the second part of it is to then do that, to encourage one another in acts of love and good works. So on the way to the rally, get ready to champion and have a think about someone. Go, hmm, who can I encourage? this Sunday? Who can I spur on? Oh, I'm going to be at life group this week. Who, who can I, who can I champion? Man, you're doing awesome and you're doing awesome things. I just want to let you know that, I, you know, the way that you put care into your business and, and the way you, you love and you, you work hard and you, and I, I just think that that is worthy and that is awesome. Keep going. Think of ways to encourage each other to be good and to do good and then do it. Pass on those encouragements. Love on each other. Spur each other on. My last point. Leave no one behind. Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 to 3. Dear brothers and sisters, notice a trend in my verses this morning. Brothers and sisters, come on, we're more than a team. If another believer... Is overcome by some sin. You who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Then I love the Bible sometimes. I just love reading that. I love saying that. It's fun. You're not that important. It's just good to remind yourself sometimes. Joe, you're not that important. Come on, tell yourself when you get home today. You are not that important. <laughs> Let's have a look at this. Firstly, don't let someone slip. The original word, I cannot pronounce it properly, I apologize. But it's ka ziti which signifies to set in joint, as a dislocated bone. Accordingly, we should endeavor to set them in joint again. First of all, if you have something out of joint, it hurts. If you've ever dislocated something, it hurts and you feel it, and you know it's there. Well, when someone else has slipped, when they're starting to slip away from the family, when they're starting to slip away from their faith, it should hurt the body, not them. They're in pain, but they've slipped because of it. My first point is this, don't let someone slip. They are a part of the body, and so you and I should hurt Have a think right now this morning. Just close your eyes for two seconds. And just think, who's not here, who should be? Who was here that isn't here anymore? Maybe they're our eye. Maybe they're a tooth. Maybe that's why we've got a toothache. Maybe they're a finger. Maybe they're an organ. Remember, each part of the body is important. Who's not here, who should be? Have a think about this. You can open your eyes if they're not already. If if another believer is overcome well my thought around this is why were they alone? It's really hard to fall when you're with someone. It's really really hard in fact to fall when you are with The family. It's when you're alone, either you've isolated yourself, or you've wandered away. But I want us to take responsibility, because we're a family. We are more than a team. So why were they alone? How did we allow it to get that far? Take responsibility. We are not to follow in Cain's footsteps. We are to follow in Jesus's footsteps. We are our brother's keeper. If someone does leave or slip, what does it say? Help them back gently. You ever think about this? Jesus went in the parable of the lost sheep, after the sheep, leaving the 99, and he went to find the one. And I love that story. And I love that he went until he found it. That, to me, shows persistence, shows determination in finding the one that's wandered away and I love that he did it until he found it which means he would have had to go through a few places to find that sheep and we know where lost sheep wander don't we have a think about the lost sheep in your world where they wander have a think about what they get involved in have a think about the fact that Jesus is willing to go there And I love that it says, be careful to not fall into the same temptation. Well, you can't fall into temptation if you're not in tempting places. So until you find that person, help them back. Be careful. I would say, don't go alone to find them. Don't do what they've done. Get someone to help you to go find that person and bring them back onto the right path. Don't big-note it, just do it. And don't wait for somewhere else to do it. You do it. Mate, my mum rings in my head all the time. If you see a job, do it, Joe. <laughs> don't step over it expecting someone else to do it. You know, we, we would always, as siblings, you know, sometimes try and hope that some other sibling would do it. <laughs> but just do it. If you see something involved if you see someone hurting jump to the rescue and grab someone to help you do it share each other's burdens share your burdens but don't just be a dump truck share each other's burdens share yours initiate the vulnerability but also be willing to take on others burdens lastly i have three warnings for us don't judge humbly help And don't also fall into the same temptation. Don't think you are too important to help. Just remember this. Your walk and the good things in your life are by the grace of God alone. Recognize that it is by His grace and His grace alone. Understand what you've received and then extend it. Can I have the band, please? Church, we are more than a team. We are a family. And our love for one another will prove to the world that we are his. So I want to encourage you to join the family and to be a family member, and to be an active family member. Be engaged, learn the family, learn who they are, learn what they're all about. Who knows what could happen, my friends? as we get involved in each other's lives, as we help each other achieve the calls on our lives, what God has asked us to do, we're sitting around the very people that could help us do it. We are more than a team. We are a family. We are His bride, a beautiful bride, a bride that He is coming back for. You and I make up the bride of Christ. Christ. That's how special we are to Him. It's how much He thinks of us, how much He cares for us, how much He loves us, how much He dreams about us and dreams for us. Good things, beautiful things, incredible things. He's coming back for His bride and I love that He's coming back for her. I love that He's coming back for the church coming back for a group of people who love one another, who help one another, who champion one another, who rally around each other, who do good to each other, who are helping each other achieve. We are His bride, the bride of Christ, the beautiful spotless church. He loves you and I. He cares about us. He really, really likes us. He really, really wants us. He wants the best for us. While we're waiting, let's focus on doing what he's asked us to do. Let's help each other do it. Help each other to hold on. Help each other when it gets tough. When someone wants to give up, get in the thick of it with them and help them. When you see someone wandering or when you feel someone wandering, jump in, dive in, help. Or the opposite, when someone wants to give something a go, support them, help them, fund them, resource them, champion them, rally around them, help them. You never know what you might be a part of starting. Lastly, when someone is being attacked, you see someone and your your human innate response is to avoid can I encourage you to arrest that right there and then to initiate conversation when everything within you is screaming avoid avoid run away can I encourage you to initiate conversation take action in that moment tell your flesh to submit And ask God to help you. Grab a friend if it's scary. Grab a friend, hey, I need you to help me help this person. Let's do it together. Would you stand to your feet this morning?